Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome, welcome current listeners, new listeners. This is episode 25 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. Wow, the NBA is over. The 2018 NBA season is over. Uh, it there, it seems like there's nothing to watch now. That really feels like it's the beginning of that dull part of the sports uh, uh, of sports, I guess. Um, I did not do this on a Friday because I wanted to be able to watch the game and kind of talk about the game on this week's show. So I promised Saturday, it is actually Sunday morning. It's 1.16 a.m. right now. Um, so I'm actually a little behind. Uh, I had a graduation party after work today and I was there until probably nine o'clock. So I didn't get home till late and kind of had to throw some stuff together. So this is a little bit on the fly this week's show. Um, but we'll start off with the NBA finals. So the Warriors swept the Cavs as I predicted. Uh, 4-0, and Kevin Durant was named the finals MVP, and I kind of, I kind of feel like Steph Curry should have won MVP. Curry's had, Curry had two 30-plus point games, one where he broke a record, and one where he shot I think it was 7-15 from 3, which, I mean, it sounds like it's bad, but really, that's a very good percentage. Um, I thought he was a, had a tremendous impact on the series. Kevin Durant also had an iconic game, an iconic shot, and uh, 43 points, and without him, I don't think the Cavs win game, or the Warriors win game 3. So, both of them are deserving, but I think I would have given my vote to Steph Curry for the finals MVP, but I'm, I'm not opposed to Durant winning it. I, but it, it Curry is just who I would have chosen. But KD's value kind of, when I, before the series started or like right after game one, I think I'm, I listed my top 10 most valuable players. Of the finals, and I had KD as the the uh, the one having uh, the least value out of the four Warrior superstars, and I I definitely got that one wrong for sure. Uh, I think I think Steph Curry is still the most valuable, but. Kevin Durant, I think, would be number two instead of number four. Clay was not very good in this finals. Draymond, Draymond still brings that edge. He was jawing with Tristan Thompson a ton during this series. And his defensive presence is great and is his passing ability on offense and his ability to facilitate and run an offense is incredible. 
I would probably put Clay 4 and Draymond 3 if we're ranking the value of the Warriors superstars. Uh, but the, the Warriors really took it to the Cavs. Uh, the Cavs really had opportunities to win two games in this series. Game three was, you know, it was anybody's game up until about the final three minutes. And game one was stolen from the Cavs by the referees and J.R. Smith. Um, the Cavs had a shot, and I think that game one loss was just so deflating that it just set the tone for the whole series. And game four, I think, was very it was very much a disappointment. All the credit in the world is deserved by Golden State. They deserve all the credit in the world for everything they've done this series in every game. But the effort put forth by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers was downright disgraceful. LeBron seemed very unengaged, disengaged, really only competed for the first quarter, quarter and a half of the game, and then he decided to quit, and his team followed suit. And if you are the so-called greatest of all time, or if you're even going to be in a discussion, you never quit. Especially in a finals game where your back is against the wall. LeBron is supposed to be the best performer in elimination games. And he, quite frankly, quite frankly, was very passive in this game. Obviously, they were even if they would have won this game, they were going to lose in five, I, I think. Just being at home with the Warriors... You only need two of those guys to go off and or even have a semi-decent night and you're going to lose nine times out of ten. But the, the Cavs effort was just, it was terrible. LeBron, I don't understand what LeBron was doing. But with this loss, LeBron now, now falls to three and six in the NBA Finals. And I don't think the three and six is not so much the issue anymore. It's the fact that LeBron, LeBron's team has gotten swept twice in nine finals. That's something that has never happened to Kobe. It's never happened to MJ. It's never happened to most of the all-time greats. It's just never happened. It's never happened to Tim Duncan. It never happened to D. Wade. It never happened to any of those superstars. I think getting swept in the finals twice eliminates you from the GOAT debate. You can no longer be associated with the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, if you've been swept twice in the NBA finals. I would put Kobe now a lot closer to MJ than LeBron 
then that's not a joke. That's that's not a joke. You may think I'm kidding. You might think that's completely egregious. That I that's what I genuinely believe. That's what I genuinely believe. And I'm not saying Kobe's the second greatest player of all time. I'm just saying in terms of closeness to Michael Jordan, Kobe is it in terms of just how he replicated his game. Kobe is definitely a top 10 all-time great, arguably top 5. LeBron, I would say, is top 5 for sure. For sure top 5. I would rank Kobe above LeBron, though. Statistically, LeBron is the greatest player of all time. Statistically. But when you look at it from a whole body of work, like winning is a huge factor when discussing the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan is 6 for 6. LeBron's 3 and 6, but even bigger than that, he was swept twice. I bet you no player in the consensus top 10 the majority of the top 10 lists out there, but you no player has gotten swept in the finals once, let alone twice, even just once. I don't think that's happened to any of those guys in the majority of top 10 lists. I think the GOAT debate's over now. The only way it's opened back up is if LeBron goes to another team and wins a championship. Winning three championships on three separate teams and winning a championship in any place you go to, I think is an incredible feat. And that's something that's never been done by anybody before. And I think only that would reopen the GOAT debate. Kobe, I think, definitely is a lot closer to MJ than LeBron. Statistically, LeBron blows everybody away. But winning, like, that's huge, man. And you can't give up. You just can't roll over. You can't just accept defeat. Obviously, they were going to lose anyways. And everybody on the planet knows it, but you can't, you can't just give up. You go down swinging. You're playing against the greatest team ever assembled. The most talented offensive team in NBA history. Come on. Very disappointing effort by LeBron. And I don't even blame the Cavs because LeBron's their leader. The Cavs have to, it is their responsibility to mimic what LeBron does, bring that same intensity that LeBron does. A lot, oftentimes they don't show up, but they feed off of LeBron. And when LeBron has the body language that he does, it's contagious. It spreads throughout the rest of the team, and the rest of the team plays poorly because of it. I mean, they usually play poorly anyways, but they especially play bad. They didn't even try. 
After a quarter and a, quarter and a half, they didn't try anymore. They were done. They were thinking about vacation. Thinking about their next paycheck. It's, honestly, it's really, really ridiculous. Um, but now LeBron's got a big free agent de uh, decision to make in the upcoming future. Um, a report came out recently, I believe it was a day or two ago. I think it actually was right after the game yesterday. Well, Friday, because today is technically Sunday. But it came out that Houston, the Houston Rockets, are not a realistic option for LeBron James in free agency. And I totally understand why. Signing LeBron and re-signing CP3 means you have to get rid of Clint Capella. And even if you were somehow able to manage to keep Clint Capella with a ton of cap space, eaten up by those four guys. You're going to have no bench and you're not going to have a great supporting cast and you're going to have some limitations if some of your superstars are out. I don't think it's a very good place for LeBron to go play. Now, short term, it might get you a championship because you're just going to have such a talented starting five. But I just don't think... That works. I just don't think that's going to work. Um, but with that, I want to give my predictions for who I believe to be the top free agents in the 2018 free agent class. Um, I have, let's see how many I have here. Three, six, seven, eight, nine. I have 12 players here who I believe are the top players in free agency and I'm just going to go down the list here and say where I think this player will sign first Carmelo Anthony uh, Carmelo Anthony has a player option with the Oklahoma City Thunder and I think he's going to accept that player option and stay with the Thunder um, Carmelo sucked this year. He was terrible. Um, and that's not Melo's fault. That's Russell Westbrook's fault. Of course it is. But Carmelo Anthony's value has plummeted. He has been downgraded to just a spot-up shooter who hardly ever sees the ball. And so I find it hard to believe that he would be able to opt out and get the same money on another team. So I think he's going to accept that player option. I believe it's, gosh, it's got to be in the range of like 25 to $30 million. So I think definitely going to accept that option and stay with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Isaiah Thomas, uh, this is an interesting one. Um, if the Lakers land Paul George or LeBron, just one of them, LeBron, this probably wouldn't work with LeBron, but let's say they land Paul George, which I think is very highly likely, and you don't get LeBron or you don't get another star, 
I definitely think the Lakers would consider re-signing IT on a one-year deal worth like probably 20 to $25 million, like what they did with Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You do that, keep him for a year. You're very, you're going to be a very competitive team. Could even make the playoffs, and to see where it goes and retool for the 2019 uh, free agent period. So, assuming the Lakers only get one superstar in free agency, I think it could very well stay. But let's assume that the Lakers get LeBron and Paul George. Isaiah Thomas, I don't think he's going to get a, a fat contract anywhere. He's not going to get a very good contract. Um, I think he can make at most, at most, anywhere from fifteen to twenty million. And this guy was a star two years ago, but his injuries and being traded twice in less than a year is really kind of hurt him. So if I had to give a prediction of where he would sign, assuming the Lakers do not have the available cap space to sign him and they've signed two superstars, I'm thinking the Orlando Magic. That's what I'm thinking. They don't have a point guard. They've got a, they've got some young pieces. He's an experienced vet, very good scorer, terrific at running an offense, and I still think can be a star. So I really think it and Orlando makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jabari Parker. This is kind of a confusing situation here. It seemed like Jabari's wanted out of Milwaukee for a while. But everybody wants him to stay, and I've seen stuff where he's going to stay. I believe he is a restricted free agent, so the Bucks can match any offer he receives, if I am correct. And I do see Jabari Parker staying in Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo, their star, wants to keep Jabari. So I think the the Bucks are gonna re-sign him in order to build around Giannis. Julius Randle. This is another interesting one. This is kind of similar to it. If the Lakers land two superstars, Julius Randle's gone. They have to get rid of Julius Randle. But if they only land one superstar, I can definitely see the Lakers re-signing Randle for. If it's not long-term, it's definitely a short-term, one- or two-year deal. And he can make a lot of money. Um, a team that makes a lot of sense for me, the Dallas Mavericks makes a lot of sense. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think. It's it's late at night, man. It's, it's late. I am tired. Um... Really, the only team I can think of are the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Dirk's on his way out. He's probably got one more year left in him. Um, I think Julius Randle, they're going to have to reach into his pocket, their pockets a little bit for him. Mark Cuban will, but that's no problem for him. Um, and I believe the, the Mavs have a lot of cap space, so I think they'd be able to sign him to a $25 million per year contract. Um, So yeah, Dallas, I think, makes a lot of sense to me. Aaron Gordon. 
Um, I think he's going to stay in Orlando. Um, up and coming high flyer, high flying power forward could potentially be a star. I he's already a superstar in the dunk contest, even though he kind of stunk it up last year. I I think I think the Magic are gonna, are going to re-sign and match any offer that Gordon gets because he is a restricted free agent. The one team I do think that could sign him is the Phoenix Suns if. If uh, the Magic decide not to match, I think Phoenix would be a good fit for Aaron Gordon. DeAndre Jordan. Now this this one's interesting to me. I really I really have no idea. I have no idea. Um, and because I have no idea, I'm just gonna say he's gonna stay in the Clipper with the Clippers. He could go to Dallas. Dallas is also ringing a bell with me. I think. That could work. Obviously, we all know what happened last time he tried to sign with Dallas. He backed out. So, who knows? Maybe he'll do that again. I don't know. But I think Dallas makes a lot of sense, and the Clippers makes a lot of sense. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Gut feeling he's staying with the Pelicans. They were playing really well with him before he got hurt and tore his Achilles. And obviously, he's not going to be back for a while. but. I mean, they were great when they played together, and I would love to see what they can do in a playoff run together. Because if Anthony Davis alone can get you one win against the Warriors, imagine what Boogie and Anthony Davis can do. That They could push a seven-game series with the Warriors, I think. And so I think signing Boogie on a, a one-year deal, obviously it'd be a one-year deal, Worth probably around thirty million, just because of the injury. You don't know how good he's going to be. I think that's what I would do if I were the Pelicans. You're not locked up with a guy who's injured. You've got him for one season. See if it works, and if it doesn't work, he'll go to another team. Chris Paul staying in Houston. I think that one's pretty simple. Uh, was I think he alone could have taken. The Rockets to the finals. If the if the Rockets have CP3, I think they're in the finals, and I think they end up winning the championship. It it, it seems like the Western Conference Finals was the NBA the NBA Finals this year. Whoever was winning the West was going to win the championship. I feel like, and CP3 huge part of what the Rockets do. So I see him staying. Paul George, I think this is a no-brainer. I've talked about this so many times. I even titled an episode after this. Paul George is going to be waving to Russell Westbrook next season from sunny Los Angeles, California. Kevin Durant, this is another totally obvious one. He's staying in OKC. And LeBron... There are some teams in the mix for LeBron. Um, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Sixers. I've heard the Warriors are in the mix. They want to talk to him. And God, if he signed with the Warriors, I would probably never watch a single second of basketball for the rest of my life. 
The NBA would be so boring to watch. Who wants to deal with that? I mean, come on. Alright, and then... Other places for LeBron. Uh, I've heard the Heat is another option. A reunion with the Heat. The Boston Celtics. I've heard... I think I said the Spurs already. The Knicks with Dave Fisdale. David Fisdale is the head coach. I think that's another option. I like them all. Well, not all of them. I don't like all of them. But I do like a lot of them. I think the one that is most likely going to happen is the Los Angeles Lakers. I genuinely believe that. I don't think Houston's going to work for the long-term. Philly long-term, I think, would be great. Although Ben Simmons... I think would be rendered completely useless on that team because he's a ball handler, not a shooter, and LeBron is a ball handler. So it kind of... Ben Simmons can't operate without the ball. So yeah, I think LeBron and Paul George will both head to the Los Angeles Lakers this year in free agency. But a thing that actually could work that could sway LeBron to the Philadelphia 76ers is this recent parting ways of Brian Colangelo, the GM of the Sixers, the one supposedly responsible for the burner accounts used to um, basically bash the players of the 76ers. Um, but it was found out that it was his wife responsible for the the burner accounts. But, I mean, I don't believe for a second that Colangelo didn't know. Of course he knew. And I definitely would have fired him on the spot. So, they're, they're, they called it a mutual agreement, but it was basically... You know, agree to quit or we fire you and we publicly humiliate you like you publicly humiliated our players. So, but the thing that actually could, how this could work for LeBron in LeBron's favor, LeBron could actually have a say in who is hired as the new general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that's huge because it gives LeBron power. He wraps a GM around his finger and then he gets the pieces he wants to fill out his team. I think it definitely is a possible scenario. Alright. We're going to continue my NBA Top 30. We did 25 through 21. I'm sorry, we did 30 through 26. Sorry, we are on 25 through 21. Um, and we're going to do a quick rundown of what I had for 30 through 26. Just hang on a second. Let me find my notes from last week. All right. Let's see what we have here. Okay. 30 through 
30 through 26 from last week's episode. Number 30, Mike Conley. Number 29, Andre Drummond. Number 28, Paul Millsap. Number 27, Al Horford. Number 26, Victor Oladipo. And now we continue with number 25. I've got Blake Griffin. Very good power forward, extremely athletic. And really helped out the Pistons this year. I think the Pistons were much improved with Drummond and Blake Griffin in tandem. Number 24, Kyle Lowry. Number 23, I've got Kristaps Porzingis. This guy is on the rise. This guy is a superstar in the making for the Knicks. And really, the Knicks, all they need is a better bench. And... Really, another star for Porzingis to play with. And I think they could actually be a very good team in the Eastern Conference, in a weak Eastern Conference, in a potentially LeBron-less Eastern Conference. The Knicks could actually be a pretty good team. And Porzingis is a huge piece to their puzzle. Number 22, DeMar DeRozan. So I've got the backcourt of the Raptors in two spots of the 25 through 21 players. Um, these guys were kind of a disappointment this year. They had an outstanding regular season, overachieved in the regular season. They were great. But when it came playoff time, everybody thought it was different for them, that they were going to beat the Cavs, they were going to go to the finals. Canada was going to be in the finals. But it, uh, they choke. They choke every single year. I was guilty. I thought they were different this year. I genuinely did. And boy, was I wrong. Never again, if the Raptors are in that situation, Will I have faith in them? Never. And then to cap off this part of the list, number 21, Ben Simmons. Uh, he's definitely on the rise. A tremendous passing ability. Sees the floor really well. Runs an offense well. A great ball handler. Uh, needs to develop a jump shot. If he can develop a, just a mid-range jumper, doesn't even need to shoot threes. Just a mid-range jumper. I think that's... He can be deadly if he can just... Just create and mold his scoring game. He's good at driving to the basket, but he needs to be able to score in multiple ways, and he can't really do that. He is not a versatile scorer. But he is definitely on the rise and I think is superstar in the making. And very LeBron-like. Alright. We're going to move on now to the NFL for some news. Julian Edelman was suspended for the four, first four games of next the next NFL season for the use of performance-enhancing drugs. That's huge for the Patriots to kind of have, excuse me, to kind of have a weaker schedule to start out the year. So it shouldn't be too bad for them. 
they played the whole year without him anyways, so I, the Patriots are obviously fine. But when this guy's on the field, Tom Brady plays a lot better. Edelman is his number one target besides Gronk. So I guess he's his number two target. I guess that was really dumb of me to say it that way. <laughs> but I guess it kind of shows that, you know, white guys are not naturally that good in the NFL unless you play quarterback. So just kidding. That's a joke. But, um, yeah, that's big news for them. But I think the, they will be just fine. The Patriots will. Update on the Stanley Cup Finals. The Washington Capitals defeated the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals to and won the series 4-1 to one in five games. And this is great for Washington sports. Washington, D.C. to be specific. Uh, I believe it's their first title in a made in a professional sport in 29 30 years that is huge they finally got a championship finally alex ovechkin of the capitals won the con smith trophy and the con smith trophy trophy is the mvp of the entire playoffs, not just the finals, but the playoff. And I think that is the best way to do that kind of award. When you do it for a series, you're basing it off of a very small sample size of games. Potentially seven games, but at the minimum four. I don't, I don't like that as much. When you do it over the course of an entire playoff span, it really shows a player's impact in how they got their team as far as they did. And Ovechkin is clearly deserving, had such a tremendous playoff statistically. A lot of goals, a lot of assists. Ovechkin is a really good player, and it's been a long time for coming for him. Very happy for him. Very happy for Washington, D.C. So, all that's next is the Redskins and uh, the Nationals. Um, and then another French Open update. In the women's final, Simona Halep defeated Sloane Stevens for her first major title. So, that's huge for her. I believe she's currently number one in the world. That's kind of odd that a player with no major titles is number one in the world. Um, but she played outstanding. And then tomorrow, or I should say this this morning, later on, at, I believe it's 9, 9.30, uh, Rafael Nadal is going to take on Dominique Thiem in the men's singles final for the French Open. Um, Nadal is, has been Nadal. He's been a normal self. Incredible as always. And Dominique Thiem has had a tremendous tournament. He's had a really good tournament and playing some really good tennis. Looking forward to the match. I, d I don't think Thiem has much of a chance. 
My prediction, hands down, Nadal, he's going to win his 11th French Open title. All right, and then I kind of want to go back. This is not, not necessarily NBA or NFL. It's just sports-related. It's politics-related. So we are going to jump into some politics. I apologize. Um, let me get a drink here. All right, sorry about that. But yes, we are going to get political up in here. The Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles White House visit was canceled by Donald Trump because supposedly only 10 people were going to go, 10 players, or 10 members of the organization. And since then, it has been announced that the winner of the NBA Finals, which is now the Warriors, would not be invited to the White House either. I mean... Do people just not understand? People don't understand. Donald Trump doesn't understand what this whole kneeling thing is, is about. This is about the kneeling. The Eagles have an outspoken player on their team who has fought for the cause that was started by Colin Kaepernick based on police brutality and social in racial injustice and this is going to surprise some of you but the Philadelphia Eagles this year take a guess how many people they had kneel during the national anthem zero that's right zero now, take a guess how many players from the Philadelphia Eagles stayed in the locker room during the National Anthem. Oh, you guessed it again. Zero. This is so incredibly childish of, childish of Donald Trump. Every president for, I don't know how long they've been doing these White House visits for professional sports teams, but every president from as long as I can remember went to the White House. Or, I'm sorry, kind of said that bad. Sorry. Every president, as far as I can remember, has invited teams to come to the White House. I got my words backwards there. It's almost 2 a.m. I am running on fumes right now. Um, <laughs> but... I think this is just incredibly childish by Donald Trump, and Donald Trump gets away with far more than any other president would. Like, like Barack Obama wouldn't, if he acted the way Donald Trump did, if he said the things Donald Trump did, he wouldn't last two days as president of the United States. But since it's Donald Trump, we somehow let all of that go. People don't understand what this this fight is about. It's not about disrespecting the flag. If people said... Sorry, lost my train of thought there. 
But let's branch off into something else here. And this is from First Things First. This is another show on FS1 that I watch. Nick Wright from First Things First co-host. This is something he said, and I think it is a tremendous point, and I want to give him credit for this. He asked the question, it's a hypothetical question. If Colin Kaepernick and the other players kneeling for the national anthem, if they said they were kneeling because members of our armed services were not treated fairly, did not get equal job opportunities when they came back from the military, from deployment, if they did not get all the same opportunities that other Americans got, and that's the reason why I am kneeling, would you still have the same opinion? Would you still feel like they're disrespecting the flag? Or are you just mad that it's a black person kneeling for the national anthem? And I, I should probably play the video. The video would it just sounds so much better than what I'm saying right now. Again, I'm I'm running on fumes right now. I have I apologize. Um But really all I'm trying to say is people don't understand what Colin Kaepernick stood up for or I guess sat down for in the first place. You just don't understand. Let's see if I can find it here. I think this might be it. Let's play this video. It is a five-minute video. I am not going to engage on what the president did. I'm not going to engage on the absurdity that we just ran a clip where a player quotes the president of the United States, and we felt we needed to bleep it. I mean, I'm not going to engage on the absurdity that the day after the president was inaugurated via his favorite form of communication, Twitter, he tweeted his resolute regard and support of peaceful protests, of which this is as peaceful as it gets. What I will engage on is what is actually happening, because I can't walk past a television screen news or sports without seeing this on the bottom line nfl players protest anthem it is amazing to get a fact error in a four-word headline when people march they are not protesting traffic the players have been uniform that they are using the anthem as a vehicle to protest inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. And this story by the president and others, many well before the president ever chimed in, has been hijacked to making it about the anthem. When in reality, the anthem was always just the vehicle. And I just, I, I want to remind people how this went. Colin Kaepernick was sitting. He wasn't kneeling. He was sitting. Why did he start to kneel? Because he got with a Navy SEAL, Nate Boyer, 
talked with Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer, who sacrificed as much as anyone can for this country without giving their life or limb, talked with him. Nate Boyer says he respects Cap and says, hey, it would sit better with us if you would kneel. Cap said, no problem. I can still get my point across. Every time Cap was asked about this, and any player I've heard asked about this, I have not heard one soundbite of a player being anti-military, of a player being, of a player outwardly attacking the fundamentals of what this country is supposed to be. This is a protest about whether or not the country has fulfilled its promise of equal protection under the law to all of its citizenry. And that conversation is one no one wants to have. That conversation is uncomfortable for people. So people literally drape themselves in the flag as a defense of it. Forgetting the fact that if we really want to get down to it, if you actually read the U.S. flag code, holding a flag horizontally, laying down, is listed as disrespect. Not sitting, not standing for the anthem is not. Wearing any type of flag clothing is listed as disrespect. Not standing for the anthem is not. We, we have perverted the discussion into an easy one to get to one of America's favorite old hobby horses, which is why aren't those black folks more grateful for what they got? And that's what we saw Friday night, and that's what the NFL responded to, and I agree with you, Chris. I was surprised how strong the owners came out, some with somewhat weak messages, but a lot of these owners gave the president a million dollars or more. Yes. And they came out and said, you can't curse our players. And then as an aside, be like, and you know what? The other thing's wrong with football. Not dangerous enough. Like that. I mean, that, that's being thrown aside, but that was, that was part of it as well. And so, yeah, the NFL did a good job. I just wish people remembered what this was about. People that are angry about the protests. I just ask you one question and I beg of you to ask yourself this question and have an honest moment of reflection. Are you angry about the protests because you think it's disrespecting the flag? Or are you angry about what is being protested? Because if Colin Kaepernick, who started this whole thing, when he was asked, why are you not standing for the anthem? He had said, I'll be honest with you, I think no one protects that flag more than our soldiers. And I do not think our soldiers treated fairly when they come back to this country. They do not have adequate health care. They do not have adequate benefits. They do not have adequate job opportunities. And until they get that, I'm not standing for the anthem. Would you still be mad? Because you'd be disrespecting the flag just the same way. Or are you mad because deep down you kind of feel like black people got it good enough. Listen, we stopped lynching y'all 90 years ago. We gave you all the actual right to vote 50 years ago. These days, you almost have equal foot in getting into college with us. Chill. And you, you get to make millions of dollars playing a game. As if that wasn't a skill honed and crafted and worked on. Blood, sweat, and tears. So what are you actually mad at? So those were some tremendous points. Um brought up by Nick Wright. Tremendous points. Just bringing up those points about, you know, adequate health care for, for veterans of the armed services, uh, benefits, job opportunities. And 
if Kaepernick said he was protesting that, would it be different? Because, like Nick Wright said, he is, quote-unquote, disrespecting the flag the same exact way. He is still kneeling for the anthem. Colin Kaepernick has good intentions with what he's trying to do. Sure, maybe he could have gone about it a different way, but he needs to be him. He needs to protest what he wants to protest the, the way he wants to do it. I think the the uh, the thought about people thinking that black people kind of have it good enough, I think that's a fair point. I think it's totally fair game to to uh, think about that. Like people think racism and racial inequality and and injustice and and things like that, you, people think that's died, and it hasn't. It is still very much an issue in our country. It's still very much an issue, and people just don't want to talk about it. It's a discussion nobody wants to have. And until that discussion happens, it's going to continue to go on. But those were some tremendous points by Nick Wright, and I we got to close the show with that. That was some great stuff there. Um, so yeah, so that's the show this week. Um, sorry, this is getting out a little late. This will hopefully drop for you early Sunday morning. It is 2 a.m. right now. Um, so this will probably drop hopefully around 4 or 5 a.m. because I you know, I just let it run overnight and let it do it on its own. Uh, but, yeah, so thanks for tuning in this week. Um, going to work on getting back on track for next week on, on Friday. So hopefully we'll get a good show out for you next week. Uh, sports is kind of starting to die, though. This is kind of going through that uh, that little dry spell where there's no NBA, there's no football, there's no, um, you know, MLB is going on. So maybe I could find some stuff to talk about MLB. I'm not huge base, I'm not huge on baseball, but I'll figure it out. Definitely going to get something good out for you guys next Friday. Um, man, I'm so tired right now. 2, 2 a.m. This is the latest show I've ever done. Um, all right, well, thank you for listening, guys. Follow the show on Twitter, at The Will Ford Show. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. Give me some feedback. Share the show with your friends, parents, enemies, family, whoever. Um, yeah, I'm going to go get some sleep. So, good night, everyone. It's WFS. To let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always tease, tease, tease You're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me of your
your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go Should I stay or should I go now Should I stay or should I go now If I go there will be trouble Decisions bugging me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly whom I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? Should I stay or should I go now?